A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case. If you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. I didn't think that you should be the new papa. Oh, oh, is that right? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Welcome back. Oh, thank you very much. I had to uh, take last Twibbon, or I still don't know what we're calling this. Let's just call it Twibbon. I don't think the name's ever going to change. I had to take it off. Thank you for covering for me, Pace Case. I was getting a colonoscopy. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're so real. You're so real with the pit clues. (laughs) Much like all the players on Golden Bachelor, I have reached an advanced age. I am past the the line where you're supposed to have these things done now to test out. Everything's fine. Everything's in good working order. When are you supposed to start getting them? 45. Now they recommend. Mm. Uh, So if anybody out there is that age and you haven't gotten a colonoscopy yet, you're supposed to do it. 
because they're uh, looking for colon cancer now in younger and younger people. So I did it. Uh, it was kind of a hassle, but well worth doing to get that peace of mind. Get your colonoscopy. That's right. And when you're not getting a colonoscopy, you can now get a brand new Game of Roses 2023 <laughs> <laughs> uh, holiday gornament for whatever kind of holiday decorations you may be. You still got it. Thank you. You may be using in your home for this holiday season. We now have a 2023 gornament. It is a glass circular gornament with the Gore logo and the year 2023. And very specially, you can get $10 off if you're on our Patreon. If you're a member of the Gore Patreon, if you're in the pit with us, there's going to be a code that you can use that's going to go live. Uh, this is coming out. Our episode will be coming out uh, Friday. So I'm going to say today, Friday. Friday. So it'll be live Friday when you're listening to this. It'll be live Friday. Friday at 12 p.m. EST. The code is going to be live on our Patreon. It'll give you $10 off this Gornament. So if you want to get the Gornament and you haven't uh, joined the Patreon, you haven't tested it out yet, this basically gives you a free month of the uh, Patreon. The Patreon experience. In our pit. Um, so you can check all that out. Wow. And a Gornament. So it's basically like you can join the Patreon and get a free Gornament or you can get a Gornament and get a free month. It's basically the same thing. Is it? How much is the Gornament? I don't think the Gornament's $10. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just $10 off the Gornament. Um, but the Gornament is dedicated to this wonderful year, 2023. Yeah. I feel like we've gone through so much. 2023 has been a good year. And 2020 gore is going to be even better. <laughs> 2020 gore is going to be unprecedented. But even 2023, we had so much happen uh, this year. You got to think back. You got to go way, way back. And I'll be writing, by the way, a new article in January called The State of Bachelor Nation. I did it last year. I'm mm. going to do that every year before the new season of Bachelor comes out to just kind of check in and say, what has happened in the past year? Where are we now? What are we looking forward it's to? Good to warn people now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm building the hype for my January months, article. <laughs> this article is going to drop. <laughs> but sincerely, we've gone through a crazy amount of shit. Go back and think about uh, January, end of January. Zach Shawcross's season 27 aired. In that season, Gabby Elnicki was caught reading our book, and that story got disappeared <sighs> from everything. You had Mike Fleiss getting fired. You had all the debacle that went down with the end of clickbait, all the Bachelor happy hour hosts changing over, what they did to Becca Kufrin, Charity Lawson's incredibly well-produced season. And now we've got Golden Bachelor airing at the same time as whatever you want to call this season of BIP. But Golden Bachelor is... We're so lucky. I believe the finest product that has ever been made by the Bachelor franchise. And tonight's fucking game was insane. I agree. I really think... That tonight's... It was perfect. It was... I don't know if it was perfect. I do have a pretty big error. It was perfect. You shut your front door. Okay. Uh, no, there was a very big error, I thought. Um, but we will get to that as we cover it. But I would like to say, I believe tonight's hometown episode should go down in history with the greatest hometown rounds of any of the Bachelor or Bachelorettes. I've never seen play like this before, just across the board. None of the players made errors, by the way. The error came from one hmm. Gary Turner. I have an error from a player, but... Oh, interesting. We'll get to it. Okay, we will. Well, let's get to it right now. Let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. 
And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right, we begin. This is historic, as is every episode of Golden Bachelor, <clears throat> because it's never aired before. Mm-hmm. This is the hometowns. The first round of playoffs for these golden players. And we open with these, uh, a shot of these two little kids grilling Gary about if he loves their grandma or not. There's no drama here. All the other opening things like this have been like, oh, shit, he's crying. What's going on? I don't know. Here, it's just feel good. Look at these two cute little kids asking about if this dude loves. Cute little kids. I dressed up as one for our live show. Same butterfly clips. Yeah, it was a great talk. Thank you. We see Gary go to LAX. Yeah. That's brave. Talk about California freeways. <laughs> At airport. Okay. <laughs> You're going to navigate it. Uh, he's colorful narrating that he has three women left, Faith, Leslie, and Teresa, and they've all LL3'd. He lets us know, as all good colorful narrators do, where people are with their love levels. And he says, it's been so long since he's felt like this, so he's in uncharted waters. He has strong feelings, but he only wants to say I love you to one more person in his life. Sacred word defense, and they're setting up here that that's not what's going to happen, obviously. Gary. <laughs> I know. I know. They led this motherfucker down the path, and he went there. They let him shall cross? <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, or no, they let him Eckerd. <laughs> they let him Eckerd. They let him Ben Higgins. They let it. I mean, everybody Higgins, at this point has it. Higgins, whatever. Um, our first hometown well. is in Shrewsbury, New Jersey. It is Teresa. We see some sea, a seagull. Gary loads love level one for Teresa. And we see them meet up. And a guy runs behind them in the background. <laughs> And this guy was my Jorge 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 Moreno, bystander of the week. I didn't see this guy, but I guess this guy has to also be my. Well, there's one other one. Oh, was there? I didn't see any. There's a driver who opens the door for Teresa. Okay, I'll take him. When we get to him. Okay. Uh, but here we see for the first time, are we going to get a Huju? They meet in this little park mm-hmm. and we see Teresa doing an approach and her approach is a 10 out of 10. Arms wide, big smile, super happy, uh, running fast toward him, maximum enthusiasm, maximum incitement, and then no Huju. I wanted this mm-hmm. to end in a Huju so fucking bad and it wasn't there. It was like, uh, again, 10 out of 10 approach, but no mount, no cling, no dismount, so this is not a hooju. It feels like what I imagine blue balls feels like every time they don't do one. All right. Do you think that? <laughs> nope, that one has <laughs> never crossed my mind. All right, well, Teresa says she hasn't love love before any man since her husband passed. My medicine, my medicine's getting me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's too late. I've taken the medicine. Oh, God. They sit on this bench. We get this one-on-one time with Teresa and Gary. She didn't expect to feel how she feels. They discuss their first one-on-one. He recaps her hand on his shoulder, played calm his nerves while he was driving. I thought that was great. And she tells him that she hasn't introduced a man to her family since her husband died. She ITMs that she would not be bringing Gary home if she didn't have real feelings for him. We then get the familial home. And I got to say... You know what's interesting? Sorry. No, please go ahead. Just before that, 
what's interesting about her saying like this is the first person I introduced before like since my husband is it's kind of like we're seeing opposite of like personal virginity cards we're like yeah you're like a virgin again with your but since your spouse as opposed to like zero like when people are like I haven't brought someone home since in 10 years I haven't been in love ever whatever yeah what is that because I do think that's going to be a look I think it's no secret. There's going to be a Golden Bachelorette. There's going to be a Golden Bachelor season two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is going to go on forever. Who do you think Golden Bachelorette is going to be? I, I mean, one of these three women. I have no idea. I think yeah. maybe FEMA or Faith, I think. I think Teresa's going home. But uh, I, it seems like Teresa's going home yeah. from this but from the setup. But that seems obvious. She's the only one that didn't get the love level four. It seems too obvious, though. I don't know. Nah, that's it. I'm telling you. Anyway, that that's just my my prediction. She got the last rose in the last rose ceremony too. Yeah. I don't really know. At any rate, um, I think that thing that you're noticing, the I haven't brought somebody home to my family since my husband, will be a play in the Golden franchise. We should coin a term for it. We'll figure it out. But I think that's going to be a very common thing because it happened basically in every one of these. No. Multiple yeah. times, though. Two out of three, I think, did it. Um, yeah, and Gary's doing it the whole yeah, time. Gary's, Gary's always time. like, my last date was in 1928. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not 1928. <laughs> oh, my God. I was saying, he, the, he's saying stuff that sounds like that. <laughs> Anything pre-2000 to you is 1928. <laughs> Everything that happened before the year 2000 is in the 20s to you. Um we see here, she tells him about, hasn't introduced anybody since uh, her husband died. We go to then to the familial home and we get this same thing. This is how they structure each one of these. And this is very similar to Bachelor and Bachelorette. We see the family before they arrive, kind of prepping for the arrival, looking for uh, what are the walls going to be? What are their trepidations? If anything, they're going to talk about how maybe they want to see a glow and they can't wait to wait to see this person. We see Mary here, Teresa's sister. It's like what we saw Victoria Fuller's family do on the hometown date, yeah. and then that was it. Mm -hmm. We see Mary, Teresa's sister, ask who's going to give Nana the biggest hug. Three young boys raise their hands. These are Teresa's uh, grandsons. We see then Jen, Teresa's daughter, talking about the anticipation of the moment. And then Gary and Teresa come in, hugs all around. Uh, he's meeting daughter Jen, husband Matt, their three kids, her grandkids, and her older sister, Charlotte, and younger sister, Mary. All right. These are the familial players. Now, take note. The family play in this episode was out of fucking control. Mm -hmm. I have never seen this good family play in every hometown. Consistently. The family play that won this, and I'm just going to fucking spoiler alert, got my play of the game, was something I've never seen before in any Bachelor show. I've never seen it before. And it was incredibly strong. We'll get to it. Mm -hmm. At any rate, uh, Teresa ITMs that it's important for Gary to fit in with her family and that they all like him. Teresa recounts then for all of them, their night one in Lumexit. This is also standard Bachelor and Bachelorette. You basically recap the dates you went on, starting with your limo exit mm -hmm. and night one play through your first one-on-ones. What a maybe a group date or two gets thrown in there if you got a group date rose. Uh, Teresa then talks about this. They talk about the birthday suit thing. And Gary does this impassioned reenactment of Teresa revealing herself in her limo exit. And he delivered my face play of the game. 
surprised eyes, pursed lips, puffed out cheeks as he pretends to open up his fake overcoat and reveal this nudity play. This was one of the greatest face plays I have seen yet from Gary because it was in service mm-hmm. of trying to be funny, uh, trying to be charming, and he's being overly expressive. He's trying to win these people over, and you can see it in the face play. Beautifully done, Gary. Thank you. Thank you, my golden god. I definitely think it was his, one of his greatest face plays. I had another one, but I did photograph this one. It's my runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> I like how somehow now you're also taking compulsive pictures of the fucking screen. <laughs> It's bad. It's bad. When you get the bug, when it bites you. At some points, I just like I I I'm like, well, this one I have to get a video of because like I need to get the exact frame. And yeah. Oh man. You have no idea. It's bad. I've downloaded apps on my phone that can take uh, photographs like every quarter second, just so that I can hold the button down and like <laughs> just roll off. How do you not fill your storage? I do. I do. You know what? One of the saddest days. That and Skabooloon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all the old Squirrelly's pictures. My saddest days are when I fill up my phone and I have to go through and delete the pictures I've taken of the screens of Bachelor shows. I'm always like, no, I kind of want to save that one. I'm like... There's your screen. Yeah, I'm like photo fucking hoarding old, like seasons, three, four, five seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, look at this picture of Nick Vial from Paradise. I don't delete them either. I'm like... I'm like, sometime there might be an AI that like will bring them to me at the right moment or something. There's some part of me that's like, somehow I'm going to go through all these. Okay, we're we're making an AI. We're making an AI that's going to bring up old pictures of Bachelor from our phone that reference stuff that's happening in the current episodes. That's what it has to do. We're going to make that AI. We're going to make that AI. Yeah. Okay, but anyway... In the meantime, um, when anyway, we're not anyway, Jen, <laughs> Teresa's daughter, Holy ITM, fuck. she seems smitten after this face play. The daughter glow and sister's glow. They say you could feel it. And Teresa brings up her age. She says, I'm 70, competing with a 60-year-old. She loads love level two. And then we see Gary talking with the grandsons. <laughs> What's Teresa like? She's lonely. Okay. This rough. This was not good grandson play. Rough. I I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking rough. I mean. What about she leads a rich life? (laughs) Kids. Yeah. Try that one. She leads a rich life. She's batting away men with a hammer. Right. She's ready for love, but just hasn't found the one yet. Uh, she's lonely. Just a flat explanation. They continue to roast her and say that she does duck lips in her selfies. And three, these three children show Gary exactly what they mean by this. By holding out a phone, something natural to these small children since they grew up with them, and doing duck lips. And these three children made my... Faceplay of the game. It was so cute. It was so cute, and I loved it, and it was relatable. And I mean, it's hard because Gary's faceplay was good too. But but it, it I, here's why I loved it. If I may, it was not my faceplay because I like Gary's a little more. I thought the quality of Gary's faceplay was better. But the construct mm. of this, the um, idea of it, to me, was better that this is a whole moment built around face play. 
It's just them yeah. all telling a story about her face play and then mimicking that play. And even Gary gets in on it. Uh, you rarely mm -hmm. see a kind of an opportunity or a pedestal like this for just simple face play. You rarely see that. No, and you know it's going to get in the document. So yeah. these kids, they might not have been readers, but they had some instincts. It was great. Portion two, we're still in New Jersey. It is uh, daytime. We see Jen, and this is um, Teresa's daughter, and Gary talking. She issues an immediate values attack. What do you like about my mom? He says how she looks at him, and she's always leaning in and listening. She's so sweet. Gary's just drawn to her. Jen says, you seem genuine and nice, too. Just like her, she's the nicest person ever. And Jen then issues a location attack. Just the one, two. Gary's dodging this shit left and right. What's it going to be like after the show? Because you have lives established in different places, Gary says. Well, if it's right... Uh, with somebody, you'll figure it out. This is essentially a put it on love and I don't have to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Pretty good defense. It's very hard to to come back after a defense like that. Jen then says, uh, her mom is there every day. They're a very close-knit family. It would be challenging, but she's not her parent. She's her child. She can make her own decision. <laughs> that was like <laughs> such a strange establishment, I thought, of like that as a premise. I agree. You know, like I'm not going to take control of my mom's life. Uh, Gary then says he isn't sure he even knows what it feels like to fall in love again. The last time... Oh, she asks uh, the biggest question. This is a heartbreak attack. Are you love level three? Yeah. Are you falling in love with my mom? He says, I don't even know if I know what it's like to love again. Uh, the last time he felt the depth of feeling and warmth was in not 1928, 1968. That is a, a bigger difference. Three out of four. <laughs> he says when he met his ex-wife. Uh, it was back in 1968. But I was making a joke by exaggerating. I know he was not alive. 1928 plus. He was not alive in 1920. I bet he was. Well, he's my dad's age, I think, right? He's so 72. he was born in. Uh, yeah. 58. Exactly. Prove my point. Not alive. No, 52. That's why I was exaggerating 54? it for humor. This is never going to happen. I have no idea. He was born in one of the years in the 1950s. <laughs> that much I know. All right. Uh, <laughs> And listen to our podcast. The I literally can't do the math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So uh, basically what we see here is uh, then Gary is talking to the Teresa's sisters uh, after he kind of he gets out of these attacks from her daughter. And then he is talking to her sisters. They call I him kind. They say Teresa is also the kind of sweetest way. general person. Shh. When she's asking, are you love level three? He's like, oh, 1968. totally. I had a strong connection. And you're just like, oh, well, grandpa's just going exactly. Off. We can't. It's like how. Yes. The, they have these defenses on this game that I don't yeah. think they have in the other games. PT. It's like I've never. PTC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The love of my yeah. life fucking exactly. died. Give me a break. That's <laughs> yeah. basically all you're saying. You know, and yeah. she's like, eh, OK. <laughs> Fair, fair. Fuck, it's fair. Especially because the same thing happened to her fucking mom. Uh, at any rate, they now we have Gary and Teresa's sisters. They call him kind, and they say Teresa is also the kind of sweetest person. Charlotte says she can see their connection. This is a sister glow. Gary says there's a special spark. She fits in well with his hugs. The sisters call him a genuine man. Charlotte says she's found her guy. And then uh, Mary grabs Gary's hand even. Mm, I didn't notice that. And we see Gary... Gary's ITMing that uh, her sister said she's never been happier. She is glowing. He takes this to mean that he might be falling in love for real. And then we see one on one time with Teresa and her daughter, that? Jen. Loading love level a self two. Oh, 
that he might, might be, be falling in love for real. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's loading love level two. Uh, we then see the one-on-one time with Teresa and his daughter, Jen and her daughter, Jen, sorry. Teresa says she's not going to waste a second in the game. And she tells her daughter she's falling in love with him. Uh, love level three admission here. Her daughter says, way to go on the first guy you <laughs> ever brought home. Lol. <laughs> I thought that was fucking a great joke. She calls him a catch. And her daughter, ITM, is being happy for her mom, having found uh, real feelings for Gary. And then she ITMs that she's hoping they work out. You can't replace the spouses they had, but she wants it to work out. We get this final group moment with the grandkids saying uh, they think Gary should be their new pop pop. This is going to be something, by the way, too, I think that's going to reiterate. It's are you, it's are you maybe we even call pop it new pop pop. pop. Yeah. Gary gets Can new pop pop, pop here. Pa? You don't like pop pop? <laughs> no, I like pop pop. Uh, this is the NPP, the new pop pop. Gary gets one of those here. And uh, pop pop. We- <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, though. When it's Golden Bachelorette, wait, is it, it new should Nana? Be for grandkids and the the middle. What did you call your grandparents? Uh, nanny and popcorn. That's so cute. Mine were Nana and Papa. Okay. Well, we can do whatever you want to do, but I think we need one for The Bachelor and for The Golden Bachelorette. I like Pop Pop. I don't know what you want to do for... Yeah. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. <laughs> it will come. But here, Gary gets the Pop Pop and uh, Gary ITMs. We get hugs all around. Uh, her or Teresa's daughter gets in a final ITM where she produces tears and says, uh, this doesn't change the way she loves her dad, but this is great, basically. Hugs all around as they wrap it up. Gary ITMs. It was incredible. He'd be proud to be a part of this family. Night falls. They go to Seaside Heights Amusement Park. They are recreating basically the group date that we saw only a few episodes ago in Los Angeles where they all went on the Ferris wheel at the Third Street Promenade. Teresa mm-hmm. tells him that seeing how much he fit in with her family made her realize she is no longer love level three. Now, quote, I am in love with you and I can't picture my life without you. Love level four. And I wrote play of the game. And it probably would have been in any other circumstance. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. every one of these hometowns was impeccably played. Um, and Gary says, it makes me feel so special. We get a kiss. Fireworks go off. Set up by the show, I guess. Gary ITMs that he knows now for the first time since 1968. He's in love again. He's in love with Teresa. Loaded love level four. But he never said it to her. And I believe that's important. But she was also the first hometown date. So she could have softened him up. He could be thinking in his head that was a mistake not to tell her. I need to tell these other people how I feel. We don't know. Well, I don't think he was going to love level four at all. So I think you might be right. Yeah. We see hometown number two, Benton City, Washington. And we see a couple of horses. And one of those horses is brown and white. And Faith later says that she takes it to the grocery store. And this grocery store horse was mine. Creature of the week. Wait, was this Liberty? Liberty. Yeah. Liberty was also my <laughs> creature of the week. The horse is, of course, uh, the symbol the animal symbol of our beloved game. It is the most important animal in this game. 
And here we are coming to Faith's hometown. Most common animal husbandry date that we see. She uh, raises these horses. She has a story about how she came across Liberty, rescued the horse. Um, but I must say, I want to back up just a little bit. When they mm-hmm. meet, they meet at her barn. She runs to him and it's almost a huju. We are now one step closer to a huju from Teresa's failed attempt. This one now is almost a Madison Pruittian. Is it a Madison Pruitt standing huju? A little, a little. It had the same leg lift at the thing. Closed leg huju. Am I putting it in the grid or not? <laughs> uh, I did not give this a full huju, no. It's closer, but not a full huju. Okay. I'm deleting it. Look, I didn't feel about it the way I saw what we see later. So I I, I agree. And I think a huju can be an emotional feeling, <laughs> if as much as anything. <laughs> anyway, they kiss. <laughs> Do you think that a home run or a touchdown can be an emotional feeling <laughs> as much oh, as anything? Oh, yeah. I have scored a lot of home runs. Okay. And I never played baseball. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we okay. see Faith finally oh. say that sh- this is the horse she rode to the grocery store. I mean, I love this. Like, Faith is, like, not real. She drinks out of a hose. She bathes in the horse trough. She's riding the horse to the grocery store. I, My mind is blown. Um, and... She says she's worried because he lives in Country City. He doesn't have coyotes at the back porch. And they show this dog. Terrifying. What does Country City mean? I don't know. I don't know what this meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, horses are her pickleball. They ride horses and they make out on the horse. Hard to do. Um, And he loves it. A horse ride and a good talk with a pretty lady. And but Faith is wondering if the lifestyle is a turnoff. And he says, where we do spend time together, I'm not going to want to be without you. Or where where do we spend time together? Oh, yeah. They're talking about like where they're going to live. Yeah. And Faith says, I have a pole to be close to my sons. I'm always going to be there for them. And my horse is buried here. And this refusal to say you would move was my... Error, 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 error of the game. I just think, especially in this season, Gary doesn't want to move. You got to say you're going to move. Yeah. If you want to win the ring. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I didn't recognize this when she was doing it, but uh, it is definitely an error. Uh. Gary is not sure how to reconcile this, but whatever. <laughs> and they're falling. She says she's falling deeper and deeper in love. Love level three. We see the setup to the meeting of the family. Joan, Faith's friend, is looking for a glow. Literally says it. And so is Nick, Faith's son, looking for a beam. These are readers. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. The glow and the blessing are the two plays that a, a lead basically is trying to get in the course of this game. And oh God, I can't wait till we get to hometown three. Can't fucking wait. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I, this blew me away. They're like, well, we're looking to see that natural chemistry to see that dynamic. It's like they're fucking sports commentators mm-hmm. saying like, we're going to need to see a good glow out of him or he's got no shot here tonight. They are not the family on a first season of a show. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Correct. They have watched them some bachelor. Uh, Nick here, Faith's son, he says he wants to see the natural beaming energy from his mom, Glow. 
faith ITMs that the meeting of the family is going to make it or break it. That is the key. So that we know the stakes are very high. It could all end here. Two sons, a sister, grandkids, close-knit family. We see the group portion. Gary recaps Faith's motorcycle limo exit and her femp status. And it was due to her gaze play, he says. A lot of gaze play talk here. A lot of gaze play on Paradise tonight as well. Faith's sister. I know. It's the year of the gaze. Joey Grazia Day has changed the game. These gays are trying to kill me. Yes. Sometimes you have a player who comes into a sport and revolutionizes the whole thing, changes the whole way the game is played. Steph Curry is this in basketball. Came in and just started shooting three-pointers everywhere, and people were like, shit, we either need to have somebody who can shoot that good or somebody who can guard a guy who can shoot from that far away. Changed basketball. Literally the entire game changed to, to hmm. fit that man. And I think Grazia Day is doing it now. I think he's changing the entire game of The Bachelor. Gay's play is Damn. much more front and center. We're seeing it now in every season, and it's being uh, used to basically say why you have fallen in love with somebody. Their their eyes are looking at me all the time, <laughs> and that's that's mm-hmm. what got me. It's not even like a qualitative thing about their personality. It's just like they are staring at me so fucking hard, I have fallen in love. All right, mm-hmm. so Faith's sister says, uh, Faith doesn't gaze play often. She ITMs <laughs> that she could see in Faith's gaze play that something is special here. We see one-on-one time, Faith and her sister. Her sister says, says glow. Your, your wall is down with Gary. I can see it. This is a glow. Sister tears. Faith explains that Gary can see her in a different way than other guys do. Faith says she's so smitten. That's love level one. Then we get a two-on-one with Gary and Faith's sons. The sons say she falls hard and fast, and it could be hurtful because there are two other women left. This is another woman attack. Gary defends by saying you have to trust the process. Always put it on the process. That will never steer you wrong. He looks uh, at... This is a huge responsibility, but there's only one woman he wants to be with. He's um, asked then point blank if he's in love, and he says, yeah, I kind of think I am, and I wrote this as my error of the game, but he does a worse one later. Uh, The first audience... (laughs) Always needs to keep those cards close to the chest in this situation. You don't want to give the family a reason to hate you later. And you also don't want to give the fourth audience a reason to be like, he's telling all these fucking families he loves these women. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to fucking yank two of them. He's he's doing himself a disservice here. I thought it here he could still save it because it's like, I know I'm in love, but I'm like waiting until I know like for sure which person to tell one. It's he already opened this episode. They've got him on camera saying, I yeah. only want to tell one person I love them. Now he's telling their fucking sons yeah. that he loves them before he even tells them. I know. I know. I know. Gary. Oh, God. He's he fucked himself up a little bit here. I'm not saying it. he's still not amazing in all of this. I'm just saying this. It, it could have been a perfect 10. Now he's putting in like a 9.5 of a season, in my opinion. Ooh, damn. Yeah. I'm going to see how it plays out. All right. I think he'll be clean. You see one on one. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he will be too. I'm just saying in terms of play, when I'm watching this for like a perfect season, this to me was like, you didn't need to do this. You you should have played this close to the chest. It's a little more classic bachelor play to not tell, you know, three people that you love them. Or in this case, like I said, he's telling their fucking families, not even them. Like now just bystanders basically are fucking, he's just walking up to everybody. The bystanders. <laughs> Told that person at the... Park. The fucking guy selling Halo Top ice cream in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take two chocolate Halo Tops. Also, I'm in love with that woman over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Portion 4 begins. We got 
daytime. We're still on this uh, Faith's hometown here, and we see some one-on-one time with her sister, Beth, and Gary's sister is protective of Faith. She issues a heartbreak attack. Is her heart safe? They both discuss her incredible gaze play. <laughs> here, Gary <laughs> says he thinks they both want the same thing, and uh, Beth produces tears. She loves that he has made Faith feel safe, and she hopes that he will take that seriously. Gary here produces tears. They hug. Beth, then in an ITM, says they seem like they are really in love. Gary plays football with the grandkids. He's throwing them some passes. They're diving around. They're having a good time. And then we see Beth ITMs that she hopes uh, Gary and Faith set out to make an amazing life together. Gary jokes about marrying Faith with the grandkids. Then we get the the group debrief. Yeah, you want to be the best man. Yeah, he's like, you will be the best man at my wedding. And then we get the group debrief. Okay, now this is something. We got to pay very close attention to this. This is historic. I don't believe what happens here has ever happened in the history of any Bachelor show in terms of a family play directly affecting the outcome of the hometown and the immediate behavior of the Bachelor in such a way. So Gary asked Beth, the sister, to take care of Faith while he's gone. And she, Beth here is like, oh, yeah, you have to go to another hometown. Boom. That puts Gary on guard. This little jab is like, fuck, mm -hmm. I have to defend against this. So it, it weakens his resolve. He is not thinking clearly now. He's thinking about how to divert this because he doesn't want that to come up. And yes, it's a shitty part of the process. So Beth says, I can tell you're in love with Faith and it's going to be hard for you to go see these other women. She then immediately reverses the tables on, gives him the out, sets up the situation. Oh, what about these other women you got to go in the hometowns with? And he's like, uh, uh, uh you know what? It's going to be hard for you because I can tell you love Faith. And he's like, yep, that's my out. I'm taking that, what you just said. And want it to be her. Exactly. Uh, and Faith says, did you just say that out loud? Yes, she did. And that's why Beth, Faith's sister, was my sweet nums familial player of the game. And what she says next prompts Gary to do gaze play right back to Faith who is issuing an unflinching gaze play, zero blinks, as Gary asks, would you say it out loud? She asks him if he would, and he love level fours her. She then returns the love level four back. Gary's love level four here was my... Error, 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 error of the game. This is going to get intricate because I have another play immediately hooked onto this one. But I just want to say what he does here is A, plays his cards way too soon here. Now he's told Faith to her face that he loves her. He has told that entire mm -hmm. family with her there. And he has told the first audience. this If he does not select Faith in the end, this will haunt him. 100%. This moment. Um, now, none of this happens this sister glow by Beth and say, I can tell you're in love with Faith and want it to be her, which extracts a love level four from Gary, who already did a preemptive sacred word defense, was my. Play, 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 play of the game. I don't know if Faith and the sister discussed this. Yeah. But it changed the whole game. Yes. I couldn't believe it was happening. I think you're right. I don't think we've ever seen something like this happen. We've barely ever seen people like love level each other a new level in front of their families. 
Yeah, I don't know that I've seen that very much. Uh, that's why this was also my play, 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 play of the game. I have never seen a family player do anything like this. You've seen very strong family players. Desiree Hartsock's brother was the maybe the best Adams family player of all time. He got her a crown out of it. Um, You've seen obviously sweet numbs. That's who the the award is named after. But I've never seen anything like this where you you put your thumb on the scale so fucking hard that it alters the trajectory of the bachelor's season. I'm telling you, if he doesn't choose her, that moment is gonna be insane. He's gonna have to answer for that after the final rose. I mean, it makes me think he is choose I mean, I thought he was gonna choose her until he I was literally like, oh, he's going to end the show. It felt like that. And then I got confused in the rose ceremony because there was one golden rose. And I was like, wait, is he ending the show? Yeah, what the fuck is that? That's what I thought, too. I was like, what is the golden rose in the fucking case? The uh, Beauty and the Beast rose. What the fuck are they doing? I don't know. I guess it had nothing to do with it. I thought he was going to end the show right there and be like, it's... I think that's the final rose and they're getting you like ready for the idea that this is... Somebody's going to win this, the trophy, basically. Uh, so they kiss. You think the final rose is gold? Is golden, 100%. That's it. That's the final rose in that glass case, 100%. Wow. Um, they kiss okay. right in front of everybody, so they make it even crazier. Now it's like... So crazy. Watching your grandpa <laughs> so and grandma make out. The little grandkids are like, what the fuck? Pop-up. <laughs> yeah, you're not our pop-up yet. Gary ITMs that her gaze play was so strong he couldn't stop himself from level of fouring. He doesn't know where he's going to go from here, but he loves Faith. We get to the AutoZone. Faith says there are no promises for tomorrow. She understands that, but she's going to count the minutes until they're together again. She calls him special. We get a kiss here. Faith ITMs then that it feels so right and it's official. Now they both level four. They're a thing. It just feels so perfectly right, but she has no way of knowing how it's going to turn out. It's hard to watch him drive away when she feels that they should be together. It produces tears. Life doesn't always turn out uh, the way you want. There's no guarantees uh, in life, she says. And then we see her sobbing in the driveway. That broke my heart. It's incredible. She she is such a student of the game. She's like, I don't have this one yet. She's not like naive enough to give in fully. Oh, no. You know? It's fascinating to watch. But... This was played so well. But yeah, it's also sad. And that tag team play with her and her sister, is it's just I mean, fucking mind-blowing how good that was. They whipped him around. I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure he's not love-level fouring. He's, he's fuck, she extracted a love-level four from him and then got him to literally make out to try to like prove to the family that he's for TRR. Exactly. It was brilliant. I mean, he might propose because of that move. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was so fucking well done. Hats off to uh, the entire family. Portion 5 begins. It's our third hometown, Minneapolis. This is Leslie Fema, uh, who once dated Prince. We know. Gary ITMs that he's conflicted about the three women occupying all his thoughts. He puts each one of them in a little box. <laughs> and he meets, <laughs> he meets Leslie Fema. On a bridge, and history is made. We get our first golden huju in the history of humanity. It is not a great huju, okay? It is not great. Shut 
the front door. We have to be objective about this. The approach is a little underwhelming. Gary is doing most of the running toward her. The mount is a little low. We get no ankle lock whatsoever in the cling, which also requires Fima to kind of crawl her way up to his neck. These are seniors clues. You told me you don't even feel like you couldn't hooju. <laughs> That's right. And I'm not on The Bachelor. We have to be objective here. Uh, the dismount... We get no ankle lock in the cling, which also requires uh, FEMA to do this crawl maneuver. The dismount then has a massive leg separation. We do get a kiss. The record books are going to show the suju as a 5.6 out of 10, but my heart is going to remember it as a perfect 10 out of 10. Thank you, Leslie FEMA, for delivering the first golden huju in the history of our species, a thing of beauty that I will never forget as long as I live. <laughs> Just like a home Check run. out my gaze play after I said that. <laughs> Is emotional. <laughs> this first golden hooju for me was a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it was almost my play of the game if Beth had not worked her magic. And by the way, this isn't just on any bridge. This is on Stone Arch Bridge. Oh, shit. Right next to where I was living this summer. I couldn't believe it. And I put it together. Congratulations. That that's where they were filming. That's yeah. why they were filming in Minneapolis. <laughs> No, it was great. I It did my heart a lot of good to see that golden hooju. I'm just saying, I, I must be objective when I grade these things. And I think if you look at it objectively too, you will agree. It was not a great hooju. Nine out of 10 at the worst. Interesting. They're seniors clues. Are you kidding me? That doesn't matter. It's Are you doing the things or not? It's just objective. You literally bring up Mary Delgado every day. Yeah. And she did a one-legged hooju. Right, but it was the first hooju. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't rate it a high score. That one was also about a 5.6. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Gary ITMs that he's uh, seen Leslie, the adventurer. Now he wants to see Leslie, the matriarch, the settled-down version. We get this one-on-one -on -one time with Gary and Leslie before they go in. And she tells him he's going to meet three grandkids, three kids, her brother, Stuart, who was so special to her because her dad dropped her off at school when she was 16 and never came back. Her brother then showed up and said, I'm your dad now because her dad passed away. This is insane that we have not heard this yet. An unplayed PTC. At hometowns. Unreal. Again, this would have been my play of the game also. Like, yes, I couldn't same. believe it. I was like, oh, I mean, you're through. Like... Jesus. And it's it's setting up this idea that this will be the first hometown that has a parental figure. It has a father figure, her brother. She literally says, the brother said, I'm your dad now. So we know that brother holds the key to a blessing if we're going to get one at all. So narratively, they've set it up here. To the blessing. You're so right. Oh, my God. Her brother is now... I didn't even realize that. I, as soon as he was like, I'm your dad now, I was like, oh my God, he's going to have to ask that brother for a fucking blessing. And um, we see here now, she says her brother is a mensch and she thought Gary was a mensch too. We get a kiss and she calls him a mensch on a bench. Pretty funny. Meeting in the family, the group prep. I love this mensch play. Yeah. And it got uh, revitalized by the brother mm -hmm. Stuart later. We get the meeting of the family here. We got the group prep room. Stuart, the brother's concerned about his sister being in love with somebody who she just met weeks ago. This is a time attack loaded. The rest of the family is playing early skepticism in the process as well. Seems like we're setting up for an Adams family here, which can be a great play if Leslie want to make a crown run. It's not what we wind up getting, though. They come in to meet the family. We see the son, Eli, the son, Zach, daughter, Chloe, three grandkids, 
and Stuart, uh, this older brother, father figure. The group debrief. We get this immediate attack of other women. Daughter and son ask if uh, it bothers Leslie that he's still on dates with these other girls and there are three left. And she's like, yep, sure fucking does bother me. <laughs> Fantastic play there. And Chloe ITMs that... Uh, and and we get a sun glow here. You obviously like Gary. Yeah. And FEMA says, it hit me like a train. I love level three. We see one-on-one time with Gary and the grandkids. Do you actually love Leslie? Um, and we, we see Leslie ITM that all of her family are sensitive feelers, which I love. One-on-one time with the brother. Gary says, I have to severely hurt someone's feelings, which I don't, that's not part of my brand. And the brother says, we hate to see her hurt again. Heartbreak attack here. And they laugh that he's not her type because he's like stable. And Gary then says, if our feelings grow, would I have your blessing? And the brother gives him the first golden blessing. Unreal. And says, good to have another mensch. Unreal. Unfucking real. The fact that he asked for it too. Look, I got to say, I think it's undeniable whoever's producing The Golden Bachelor, who's ever making most of the creative decisions mm-hmm. on this show, is fucking doing it exactly correctly. And I I see this, and I wonder to myself if it wasn't produced, if they didn't tell Gary, you got to ask this guy for a blessing. I feel like they probably did. Who would have he asked in the other things, though? There was no parental figure. I mean, the daughter, the daughters can, like, give the blessing in that case. But it seemed weird. We even talked about how it seemed strange that she just like was like, yeah, my mom can make her own decisions. <laughs> that That is like a bizarre blessing. Yeah. You know? I mean, we've seen parents say that too, but yeah. That's not a blessing though, I feel like. I feel like it has to come from some other authority figure in that family. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, we see then Gary gets some one-on-one time with the grandkids. One grandchild asks him if he loves her grandmother and if they're a couple. And Gary says... Uh, yeah, it's true. We are a couple. And they tell him that he would fit in well with the family. We then see Leslie in a little two-on-one with her sons. They think the chemistry's off the chart and they can see it working out for them. And we get that, uh, oh, sorry, you already went through all this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I'll just let him. (laughs) Oh, no, no. You got to reel me in. Come on. He's not that far up the page. (laughs) Yeah, I just keep reading. I'm reading it backwards. What a one time here, Leslie and Gary. Gary says he really wanted to see her connection with her family, and he did see it. Leslie then upgrades that love level three to a love level four. After meeting the family, she's now in love with him. She can't imagine her life without him. Gary ITMs that it feels like he's with his person one-on-one time. Gary and Leslie here uh, continues. He says he's a wise man once told him not to miss the opportunity to tell somebody you love them if you love them. And Leslie, I love you. Love level four kiss. At least this isn't in front of the family. At least they're on some weird alley. It feels like it's um like there's consent in this level of four more. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Leslie then ITMs that her heart exploded and she's over the moon happy. We get all this kissing and she ITMs being ecstatic and hopeful, ready to start their lives together soon. And Gary ITMs that he didn't expect to find love with more than one person. And he's now realizing he doesn't know how to reconcile how he's feeling for all three of these women. He doesn't know what he's going to do with the rose ceremony. And they mm. built this so perfectly. I am invested. I need to see who's going to win this fucking rose ceremony. Yes. I, I've never, I won't say never, 
but it's rare that I feel like this at a hometown rose ceremony. Usually I'm like, I don't know. You can tell like who's ahead. Yeah. In this, I'm like, wait, is Teresa going home? I thought she was the ring winner up until tonight. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> this season has been produced impeccably. That's all there is to say, yeah. except for one thing that happens at the end of tonight, which I have uh, issue with. Portion six begins. Night, Gary pulls up to the mansion. IT, I mean, it's going to be the most painful of all the Rose ceremonies. He's in love with all three women, confused about who he's going to pick. He's equally connected to all three, but one of those will be going home. It's an impossible situation. He has no idea how to decide. And here's why it works so well. Like we were just saying, you believe this is true. The dilemma he's in is supplying the drama, not a manufactured situation. It's the emotional dilemma this guy is in. And it's our hopefulness for all three of these women. We want all of them to win. It's going to hurt us too. That's why this is fucking amazing. It's already been hurting me. This is the exact situation you want, though, at the end of every season of A Bachelor or Bachelorette, regardless of age or anything. Mm -hmm. DLP then waits in front of the mansion. I agree. The drama is baked into the fucking process. I know. It's so good. Uh, DLP waits here in front of the mansion for each of the three women to show up. He greets each of them as they walk inside. We get little recaps of how well each of the hometowns went and what love level was achieved. Teresa here is the only one who did not get a love level four from Gary. Gary comes into the rose ceremony. We get a shot of that golden rose in the glass case. Again, I think that is the final rose. Gary then delivers his speech. He's developed connections with... It was confusing. Yeah, they didn't make any mention of it. I agree. It confused me a little bit too, especially just drop it in there, but whatever. Gary says that he's developed connections with all of them. And now that families are involved, it makes it even harder. But his, uh, but this is his journey. And this is just one more step he has to make to find his true love. Two roses on the table. Rose ceremony begins. By the way, FEMA grabs um, face hand when she comes in. I like that little mini play. I saw this as well. Sisterhood. Uh, Leslie here gets the first rose. And then we get uh, DLP shows up. Final rose tonight. No dark touch. Gary delivers tears. He puts the rose down and walks out of the room, leaving Faith and Teresa to wonder what the fuck is going on. He goes out into the front of the mansion. He's hunched over, sobbing. He ITMs, feeling like he's going to throw up. Either of these two remaining women could be his partner for the rest of his life. It's gut-wrenching to send somebody home. He's dying inside, he says, and he hunches over again. And they cliffhang us for the first time this season. This is not good. It's not good. You've built this incredible dramatic arc. And now instead of satisfying it with an ending, you dissipate all the steam you've built up. We're not going to remember how we felt a week from now. You're going to have to give us a dumb recap that's going to waste a minute of that episode. And we're going to come into the end of a rose ceremony with none of this dramatic tension that you just spent an hour beautifully crafting. It's all gone. This was a waste. It was a bad decision. Also, it takes away from the women tell all because they're going to put the first 10 minutes of the women tell all is going to be this. I want to see a full hour of that women tell all. You you fucked both things by doing this decision, in my opinion. I think that's why... I feel like that's why they did it. It's so that you will watch the women tell all. And yeah. also... Okay. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85 percent of the united states uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine that's where canopy's new filtered shower head comes in known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier canopy is dermatologist recommended 
This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the canopy-filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your canopy-filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got... Ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my. Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. I feel like they want to set up their next Golden Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. It's the person who's in the prime position will be that third place person. Yes. 
So they want to show that heartbreak edit going into the women to all, maybe. Maybe. To like highlight that person more. Maybe, maybe. I still feel like it's a bad decision because it's like, we are going to watch that women tell all you've done a great job this season of delivering an astounding array of fantastic players that are all super interesting and funny. I mean, fucking Susan, everybody's going to tune into the women tell just to see fucking Susan, Kathy. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember all these fucking insane players, fucking Sandra diving off the goddamn pickleball courts. Like I want to see them all. You don't need to do this trick. You've got us. The season mm-hmm. has been that good. Rely on that. Believe in that. And just give us the end of this episode and the fucking full women tell all. I want as much Susan as I can fucking get. Now I got to give up 10 minutes of it to this. Yeah. I just thought it was a, a a rare misstep. They haven't done too many things like this where I thought the producing decisions were were bad. This one I thought was wrong. I'm okay with it. Because it's a very good cliffhanger. Because I'm like... But I'm telling you, think about how incredible it would have been to see the end of this game tonight. It would have blown my mind. It would. It would. And it would make you want to watch the women tell all anyway, because you'd be exactly. like, that person will be in it. And then you can show them in the promo. This this had the chance to be the best episode of reality television I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it ain't. Sorry. Right. Well, anyway, who's your MVP? <laughs> well, we got this tag, too. Oh. Uh, where the grandkids are asking how old he is and how many girls he's kissed, and the kids are fed a bunch of producer lines about him not being for the right reasons and blah, blah, blah. I thought this was um, an overreach, but it was in the tag, so who cares? It was just producers like making kids do acting for free. Mm-hmm. And you don't like unpaid child labor? No, it just is like, it doesn't seem genuine. Everything else in this episode oh. seemed like pretty fucking real. You know what I mean? Um, but for her incredible play in her hometown, I mean, I wanted to give her sister the MVP, but I didn't. <laughs> I gave the actual wow. player of the game. What's happened to you? Who was involved in that crazy ass table turning switcheroo uh, psychological redirectioning of Gary into doing a public love level four to their mother's face. Uh, the mother, Faith, was my M M M M M V P. Just never seen anything quite like it. And I mean, she was part of that tag team. Her sister did most of the heavy lifting, but she had to be there for it too. Had to fucking hit him with that gaze play. Fair enough. I I mean, I yeah, I feel like. I mean, who knows if it was a coordinated attack or not, but I mean, Beth, hats off to you. If you were a player, you'd be my MVP. But for her rose ceremony handhold, for her brother, father, PTC, for her mensch play, Leslie Fema was my MMMMVP. She's the only one who we know her results. She got the first flower. She is set up for ring or heartbreak edit crown perfectly. Yeah. I think they all are at this point. I think everybody's Yeah. Everybody's incredible. But uh all right, let's move on to Bachelor in Paradise now. 
But just to cap off, this episode was fucking incredible. I don't mean to downplay it because of the last uh, decision they made to cliffhang. It was a fantastic episode, uh, fantastically produced, other than that final decision, and fantastically played. I, I really don't think I've seen a hometown round better played by all players ever. Wow. Yeah, it's great. All right. Bachelor in Paradise begins now. Like, I am really into John Henry, but Kat is pursuing him hard. She's so narcissistic. You disrespectful hoe. I'm disgusted. I look at her and I'm like, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to profusely like bomb all over the place. We see tonight on VIP, Becca shows up. She's so hot. Genevieve shows up. She's so hot. Blake and Jess shake things up. Jess kisses Tyler. Charity shows up. Eliza talks to Charity, who might ruin Aaron B's life. Kat gets a recap reel of her entire time on Paradise in this uh, opening promo. Lasted like a minute. And then DLP calls her Hurricane Cat, and then incorrectly calls this episode dramatic. Portion one begins. In the video intros, they force Cat into a fool edit by making her smash a cake into her own face, still trying to make this thing a thing of her and the, the cake that never became anything from last week. And they put the chefs in. Yeah, they also force all the chefs from this hotel to come shoot a little video. And uh, I guess we'll be seeing more of them this week, I said, but we were not. We did not. No, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, Blip. it's a joke know. about last it's week. Confusing. It's very strange. It's a mess. And we see the cake in the sand. Yeah, still there. Remember? On the remember this joke that didn't work? Yeah, it's the suitcase from. It really is. This the cake is the suitcase of this season. We get uh, the seagulls flying away. Davia then uh, girl chats with Olivia. Jess and Kylie are talking about the salsa dancing date. And Brayden Recchia and Avon and Blake talk about or talk to Kat about Tanner sleeping instead of talking to her. And this is where we start to get our first glimpses of uh, the Cat villain edit coming. Brayden gets the colorful narrator ITM to set the recap footage of Kat's birthday and the Davia Tanner date. This is a minute of footage we saw last week. We then see the chefs again. And Braden lets us know that everyone on the beach is bracing for impact about the conversation Cat and Tanner must have. Tanner emerges from his slumber and pulls Cat immediately. Avon and Braden discuss Tanner's stone face, and Braden delivers a magnificent full-eye aperture expression of mock fear at Hurricane Cat that was my face play of the game um it was about the only thing good that Braden did tonight but it was great <laughs> i did like it i did like it it's gonna be very difficult for me to get through the rest of this <laughs> i know i know i just you're, couldn't believe it you're golden boy you're golden boy all, all of the work he did just fucking flushed down the shitter i know god um, we see this conversation with Kat and Tanner and Kat says that you immediately said yes, you weren't prioritizing my feelings. He says, we've had a great first week, but we don't have the same values and we have different personalities, but I love you as a person. She's ITMing like much more bombastic stuff than she's actually saying to him. She's like, I don't want an indecisive man. I'm not an option. Uh, and she says to him. I don't see you as a partner. Um, 
wouldn't trust you. And he says, well, I went for clarity. Uh, I'm not sure about the future. And she ITMs, I'm literally so much better than you. And she says, it's fine. We're good to his face. So they're cutting back and forth. This is villainizing her by having her say different things. Then she's like, quote unquote, thinking in the ITMs. And I have no idea how much of this is like scripted, taken out of context, et cetera, et cetera. But they get her saying... They just keep playing that line, I literally don't care. The same clip over and over. But I mean, they have her on camera saying, I'm so much better than you. And he Mm -hmm. did not break up with me. This was mutual. Enjoy your paradise experience. You're going to leave alone. She is saying this stuff. (laughs) Like I'm I'm watching her do it. But still the edit, I think, is making it, you know, as bad as possible. But it's still pretty fucking bad, it seems like. Mm Mm-hmm. They get all these shots of her maniacally hand combing her own hair and cat ITMs deserving somebody better. She's frustrated. She gave a piece of her heart to him in any capacity and she insults him for not open mouth making out with her and says he's going to regret it. And this is the first uh, uh, time we learn that Tanner doesn't like to open his mouth during a makeout. Mm-hmm. Portion two begins. We have a uh, oh parrot scratching. That was almost my creature of the week. Tiny crab. Until the end. Kat returns to the group of women to tell them that she and Tanner are done. She recognized too many red flags and it was mutual. She tells them all. Tanner goes to the guys and tells them that she's clearly upset. You know it's mutual when you're screaming it's mutual. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking mutual. Okay. By the way, this was my favorite shot of the episode because she's telling Mm. the girls and you see Davia like in the background over her shoulder. It was beautifully, beautifully shot. I agree. Paradise is looking... It, it has some good shots this season. I The one that they did of Braden, uh, when he got a ponder shot in this episode, I was like, that's a nice shot. Um, at any rate, she is making sure everybody knows this was mutual. And then Tanner goes to the guys and tells them that she's clearly upset and she feels blindsided. Kat is then telling the women that she walked away from him. He didn't walk away from her. And Kat tells the woman she's better than him and then laughs maniacally. Tanner then tells the guys that she was very passive aggressive and he doesn't get why she's upset. Tanner ITMs that he tried to be respectful, but his intentions didn't pan out. Kat continues telling the other women she broke up with him. (laughs) They're just fucking ramming this. He's a fuck boy. I have dated enough fuck boys to know when I see one. Oh my God. It's so crazy. Like how much of this is fucking real? I don't know. (laughs) She gets all the girls to cheers to no F boys and the guys can hear that. Tanner says, this is going to be a horrible day, which is the first thing he said Yeah, that uh, I laughed at. <laughs> Same. It's the first time he said anything other than talking about Davi's different colored eyes, I think. Mm, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's the strongest gaze play there is. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little narrative reset after a quick chat with Aaron B., Braden and Sam Pico about Tanner and then Aaron BITMs. Some couples are stronger than others, but everyone must be intentional now. And he recaps the strong couples for us. Avon and Kylie, Peter and Sam, aka P.P. Then Reckia and Braden, Tyler and Mercedes, and Blake and Jess are struggling. And Jess tells Mercedes she wants Blake to notice her bikini. And then we see uh, John Henry and Blake discussing that Jess is clearly unsure about him. Blake ITMs, he's only interested in her at the moment. 
but Jess wants he's interested in only her, sorry, at the moment, but Jess wants to explore and one of them needs to be tested. Blake tells John Henry he is open to somebody else possibly coming in. We cut two feet on stairs. Genevieve Mayo, 26th Sand. She ITMs that she was overthinking things on Bachelor 27, and this is going to be a smoother ride. It's her time. No DLH. She shows up with a date card, hugs all around. DLP. She gets the uh she's hot and she's a she's a hot threat edit. That's usually whatever it's like mm-hmm. whoever whatever gender you are, oh my god, she's so hot or he's so hot. And then the other gender is like, oh, it's a threat to my guy or my girl or whatever. And then one or two cool ones of the same gender saying they're hot. Yeah. We see she gets the first date card. Who can you see yourself with? Chats with Tyler. Uh, chats with Blake Moines. And we see that she ends up picking Blake. He says, yeah, but I will talk to Jess first. And then he pulls her and he goes, you go first. <laughs> and Jess is like, you're the one who said yes. Blake is like, she seems fun. And I felt not unwanted last night, but unwanted. I got to give her a fair shot because there's a rose ceremony tomorrow. And, you know, Jess says, sorry that you don't feel wanted. She produces tears, but Genevieve and Blake go on this date. We cut back and forth. Jess is still crying. I I thought here that Jess made a little bit of an error. Um, She had the opportunity right here to do like a power move basically and just say, don't go on this date. Even the threat of this. Yeah. This made me realize my feelings. Exactly. Exactly. She had that ability here. Uh, Blake is the biggest fish in this pond in terms of guys. You had him wrapped up. You could have walked out of here with him. Yeah. What is she doing? But I don't understand. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, she. we get some more of these ITMs. She's mentioning it feels bad that he felt unwanted. She's really... Uh, but now she's getting her space. Blake and Genevieve go off down the beach for the date and Jess ITMs, not thinking he would say yes. I was like, what? She was the one who said we should fucking date other people. Uh, Jess produces tears to the other players about being overwhelmed and Jess ITMs feeling stupid. She was the one who wanted to explore and Blake will probably give Genevieve his rose and she'll go home. No mention here of the threat of losing Blake. Simply the mention of going home. The rose, yeah. Open gameplay speech, in my opinion. Portion four begins day. Braden Bowers puts raspberries on his fingertips and eats them off. Brilliant. Brilliant food play here, generating screen time from literally nothing. An homage, homage to, to scallop, scallop fingers. fingers. <laughs> you wrote the exact same <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> uh, We <laughs> said it at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. That's when a good deep one. in the fucking pit. Wow. Yikes. You begin to see the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, an homage to Scallop Fingers. We see Olivia and Luke. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> wait, John Henry. Why did I call him Luke? Uh, she asked him to go through her his routine. Uh, we see, she says, oh, yeah, I'm into golf. I went to the PGA. Now I'm a golfer. She's so entertaining. I can't get over it. Yeah, she's, she's easily my, other than Braden, my favorite player. I think she's the best player, honestly. She's narrating the entire season. <laughs> yeah. I would say she's the star of this season at this point. Hmm. She's never not in like some very significant thing. Right. I'm trying to think. I mean, Kat is certainly getting highlighted. <laughs> yes, but as a villain. 
like Olivia is the victim in that situation and she ain't going down without a fight. She's not taking the victimization. She's like, fuck this. I'll beat her at her own goddamn game. It's, it's brilliant to watch what she's doing this season. Really a work of art. I'm so curious what her screen time is. I bet it's very high. Um, but we see Olivia ITMing this colorful narration about the flourishing couples, including her and John Henry. We see John Henry and Olivia tell Sam Pico about their relationship. They're getting built up here uh, in order for the producers to try and destroy it. Kat then tells Kylie that she should be talking to John Henry. <laughs> Kat ITMs being back on the market. Kylie and Mercedes tell Kat she, that she should go after John Henry. And Kat says he has a tongue ring, which means he can throw down. And Tanner didn't even make out open mouth. Do we get that? Insult of Tanner again and again and again and again throughout this episode. Cat ITMs that uh, John Henry is with Olivia and she doesn't care. Straight villain at it. She's going to make out with some tongue. Kylie does some dirty work by asking John Henry if he's really happy with Olivia. Braden then gets an ITM coining a paradise phrase, I believe, by saying that Cat is homie hopping. Have we ever heard this before? Mm-hmm. Is this an outside the game phrase? I'm unaware of it. I feel like we've heard it this season earlier. Maybe we have. Maybe from Brayden? Possible. I don't know. But no, this is a great term. I yes. love it. He's added something to the game here. Great players will do that. Oh, I wrote LMAO here. Oh, nice. That's the strongest laugh. Yes, it was a great laugh. And I love players who contribute things to the game. Nomenclatures, moves, hoojus. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've got a, a long list. Bring her home, bring her home to us. I don't know if that is actually like a thing in the game now, but it is to me. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, we also see Brayden do freestyle about this, which is pretty funny. And um, he then says, Cat is going in for the kill and John Henry is innocent. We see Cat and John Henry talking. He's certainly one of the, one of the biggest screen times. I just looked it up. Bachelor Data last episode, Cat had the most screen time. Followed by Sam, then Rekia. Yeah, I guess Olivia's had a couple of down episodes. And then Brayden. But she was the star of like the first three episodes. Oh, wait. She has all of it combined. It's Kat and Olivia. Kat is barely beating out Olivia. Yeah. This is as of episode five. And then Brayden's third. Damn. Um, Okay, so Kat asks if he likes Olivia, she tries to say a lot of girls are like Olivia, that she's not special. And Kat asks him about his job and we get this conversation where she's just kind of like eye rolling. Olivia ITM's not knowing what's happening. She says it's uh, giving, she's desperate. Kat is so narcissistic. She says all she wants is a rose. She's creating chaos for no reason. It's giving clown behavior. <laughs> because she has no connections. She is a Tasmanian devil of paradise, tries to coin a little nickname here for her. And we see Kat walk into the bathroom. And now we get this thing. These little cutout head uh, graphics of Kat and Eliza on the bathroom or on the screen, and we hear their conversation with text on screen. In this one-on-one time with Kat and Eliza in the bathroom, Kat tells her that Charity has told her to stay away from Aaron B because of some drama that popped up on their season with the ex-girlfriend. This is completely forced by producers, 100%. You think? Why now? Oh, absolutely. Why is she waiting till now? Why didn't she tell her this the first time? I'm also like, wait, they're recording their sound in the bathroom? Hell yeah. 100%. 100%. They record, if there's a mic on you. No, I mean the JoJo Ben Higgins scene was in the bathroom. Exactly. But the timing of this means it's definitely producer force. Why would Kat not tell Eliza about this immediately as soon as she started talking to Aaron B? I bet they knew about this storyline that's why they're going to bring charity down hmm 
Yes. But maybe they were holding charity, waiting for this moment. Yes. They had this locked and loaded. They were going to use Kat as the instrument to insert this information to mm-hmm. whoever Aaron B. was with. And they were going to wait to do that on the day Charity was going to come to the beach to corroborate the information. Wow. 100%. This is producer plan. 100%. Wowie. It, to me, was just like, what? They just cut to this out of nowhere. Producer's like, and Kat, go. You got to do it now. So Kat ITMs then that Charity's her best friend. And Charity told her Aaron B. had this scandal with an ex in the bathroom. Kat divulges that information about his red flags. Eliza ITMs not knowing what to do. We get this group chat with Olivia now and Eliza. And Eliza explains what Kat said. Olivia says Kat is in scramble mode. She's just lighting fires everywhere to take everybody else down. And Olivia does this hilarious impersonation of Kat playing with her hair. And now we're really seeing the rivalry being built up. Olivia's doing a great job here of basically seeing who the most dramatic person on the beach is, who the cameras are on the most, and saying, let me tie myself to that story as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Brilliantly done. I'm going to constantly be doing impressions. She's doing a lot of impression work. I love that. Um, (laughs) Tell me about your job. You're so interesting. I think that was the impression. Uh, And They're trying to make John Henry, too, look like a crazy simpleton. Like yeah. that he, he oh, yeah. can't fucking understand that he's being manipulated by Kat, that she's just clearly out to get a rose. We we start this next um, portion and he's bouncing a fucking coconut off a rock, trying to fucking open it like a caveman. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. And they're all just watching him. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. <laughs> um. We also, I mean, they're giving him a fool edit. They keep putting him in that diving helmet. And then we see a strange deep sea diving clip just inserted into here. Yeah, like an archival reel. Makes no sense. (sighs) Very confusing. Like from another universe (laughs) than the show. I mean, this is, I'm telling you, the people who are like thinking of these visual jokes and stuff to put in screen... These are not comedy people. Roasted. Thank you. Um, <laughs> after that clip, we see... Uh, oh, they say that John Henry has a vibrating tongue ring, and then they discuss what that could be for. Uh, well, And they cut back to... He's opened the coconut, and then he, like, spits it out. <laughs> like he's doing, like, some sort of castaway situation. Yes. He's like a double bumpkin. It's like, not only is he fucking... He's smashing this fucking coconut on a rock to try and open it. Once he gets it open and tastes it, oh, that's gross. He can't stand it. It's like he he fucking pulled a fast one on himself, tricked himself somehow. Uh, Kat tells these other players, yeah, about the vibrating tongue ring. We see the murder bird dropping a crab in the sand that's mirroring uh, John Henry's reaction to the coconut water. And Rekia then ITMs that her date with Braden was great. And she really likes him and she wants it to continue to grow. Then as soon as she says that, uh, feet Coming down the steps, it is Becca Serrano, a night one player from Bachelor 27, 27th sand here. We get a few shots from Bachelor 27, and they have an arrow on the screen showing where Becca Serrano is in these shots, but she's not talking. She's like a background player, further forcing. She's behind Christina Mandrell and Terry Lawson having the thing at the bar. Exactly. Speaking of Christina Mandrell, where is she this season? Dude, the fact that we didn't have Mandrell on sand is like... She would be dominating this. It's like her and Brayden together, like, I feel like that duo would be so good. Yeah. They missed a, a big opportunity with Mandrell, I think. I don't understand. Why wasn't she why wasn't she here? 
I don't know. Some kind of... Anyone who's in crown contention should be on sand. Some kind of internal politics. Uh, at any rate, we see her, uh, Becca Strano, come out to the beach. No DLP. Hugs all around. Everybody thinks she's hot. She gets that edit. Hot and threatening. The th- hot threat edit. All the guys are drooling. All the women are scared. Becca reads uh, her date card. Choose someone and create a recipe for love. She pulls John Henry. Olivia ITM is being threatened, not wanting him to go on the date. We see their one-on-one time, and he says he likes funny, adventurous women. He talks about his job. She says her brother fishes, so she gets it. <laughs> That's one bumpkin, at least. <laughs> yeah. Cat ITMs. My brother fishes. Cat ITMs that she's hitting it off with John Henry and doesn't want Becca to take him. Becca then pulls Braden. So they're already uh, insinuating here that Cat could potentially move in on John Henry, steal from Olivia. Becca then pulls Braden. And Rekia tells the other players that they're both still open options. Everything's okay. We see this one-on-one time with them. And he's talking about living in San Diego. And he has a dog that he's a dad to. And she's like, ha I have two dogs too. And she explains how she was shy on Bachelor 27. He's like, but you're radiant. You have a lot of energy. She thanks him. Uh, it's very wow. flirty. Um, he, get, he gave first responder with hug. And she thanks him for that. She compliments his positive energy and confidence. And he says he'd love to hang out with her and know more about her. And this is uh, going down in flames. I'm watching this like, he better just be being nice. But then Becca comes back to the group, asks Brayden if he wants to go on a date. He accepts, but he wants to talk to Rachel Recky first. This was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Brayden basically playing a strong chemistry play and options open to Becca Serrano here was also my error, 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 error of the game. Again, it's like what what we were saying with Jess. You're attached to Rachel Recchia. You're attached to Blake Coins. Why are you trying to get out of that situation? It makes no sense at all. He the work he put in to wind up partnered with Rekia was astounding mm-hmm. how good it was. was. Filling that box. It was fucking incredible. Make out with Rekia. She, I mean, she was locked in with Sean McLaughlin. The pinata, the pinata rap. I just, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Maybe he it doesn't think, maybe like that's really what he, his strong suit, you know? Well, listen, I, this is this is maybe a saving grace. I don't know if this is going to happen, but he does have a way to glory again. It's coming back from this day mm-hmm. and saying, I can't believe that I did that. It gave me the exact clarity I needed. Yeah. Rachel Reckia, yeah, I fucking love you. He's got to go straight love level four to her. Do you think he has to love level four? <laughs> yes, Damn. but I don't think he's going to do it um, based on the play and the date. I think he's more into Becca Serrano. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. But nonetheless, we see um, Rekia here, ITMs, that she was excited for Braden, but now it's running to roadblocks. It's pretty for TRR. <laughs> What's that? It 
pretty for TRR that he goes on the date, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's like even to the fourth audience, whether it's for TRR or not, you're hurting no, a crown. It's hurting the fourth audience. You're making Rachel Recchi a cry. We don't like this. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's only a first audience play to Becca Serrano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Recchia ITMs here about the roadblocks and then she tells him that you have to check in with her or you don't have to check in with me. Sorry, go have fun. Recchia then ITMs that he's treating the situation like he, they didn't have a good date with her the day uh. before. She's feeling weird about that but doesn't want to make him feel uncomfortable and we see Braden go off with Becca Serrano walking out of the beach on their date and Recchia ITMs that she's disappointed. Uh, portion six begins day. Davi and Tanner walk the beach discussing their toothbrushing techniques. He even picks her up too. Yeah, I know. That was his play with Rekia. Oh, God. That was hard to watch. It's just like what he does. He compliments. Uh, Tanner here compliments <laughs> Davia's different colored eyes yet again. We see <laughs> yeah. these other couples together. Jess Got is it. alone. And uh, she's ITMing, having done nothing in Paradise, just sitting there watching everyone. She feels selfish and guilty for not taking advantage of Paradise. We then see Blake and Genevieve on their one-on-one. -on -one. They find a kayak on the beach. They put each other's life vests on in a cute little moment. Chemistry play here was off the charts. Great chemistry play. Uh, we got Moines just fucking flexing every chance he gets. Let me tighten that vest for you. Uh, uh, just fucking pumping those veins. He's got a giant vein. The vascularity is, is mm. really popping off here. His vask play is... It was my vask of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked one vein. <laughs> yeah, it, it was his shoulder vein. That was my vask of the week too. Blake Moines' shoulder vein was my... Vask of the week. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, we see he calls it mature. She has mature, but she's cheeky playfulness. She makes him feel grounded. We see them sit on each other's laps in the water, but we don't hear what mm. they're saying here. Which I was yeah. like, why is that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we see a tiny little skeleton um, drinking a drink. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that was. Uh, and then we cut to Jess and Tyler hanging out, and we're going to cut back and forth between them. And I will say, this was yeah. my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Me too. I thought, I thought this actually was very well done. Jess tells uh, Tyler here, or Tyler ITMs that now that Blake's gone... It's his chance to go talk to Jess. She was on his list, and this is his chance. Jess tells Tyler that she's sad. Blake is pursuing someone else. Then we go back to the one-on-one -on -one date, Blake and Genevieve. Blake says, you're very put together, but I can sense that you also can get loose too, and that balance is very necessary. We then see Jess back on the beach telling Tyler uh, that Jen is perfect. Genevieve is perfect, so she thinks the date's going well. Tyler calls her gorgeous, and then back on the date, Genevieve says she doesn't want um, Blake to feel awkward says he says that he's talking with his eyes she says she avoids eye contact he says well let's do eye contact at all costs then this is forced gaze play <laughs> forced gaze play forcing a player who, who openly acknowledges a weakness in their overall game is gaze play and Moin says well uh -huh. that's my strength so why don't you look right here and let me fucking gaze play you and yes Incredible. Oh my God. I got to start working on my gaze play. Me too. This is really making me want to get into gaze play. Um, <laughs> back on the beach, Tyler Love Level 1's Jess back on the date. Genevieve thanks Blake for being present with her. He gaze plays her. He he gaze plays her. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> gaze plays, gaze plays her. He gaze plays her. 
on the beach. Tyler says he wants to kiss Jess, but he would feel bad about it. Then they sneak this kiss on the date. It's now just cutting back and forth between Blake and Genevieve and Tyler and Jess kissing. They're kissing. They're kissing. It was sexy. It was like, make out here. Make out there. Are we closed off? Are we ruining this other relationship? It's like, it's very dramatic. It was indeed. And Blake ITMs uh, that she opens his mind up. We get a kiss. He wonders if she's, if Jess is missing him or not or thinking about him at all. Back <laughs> on the beach. She's still making out with Tyler on the date. Blake and Genevieve are kissing. And then we get a casting card. Does your kayak bring all the buoys to the yard? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Portion seven begins. BB and Becca get ready for their date. <laughs> <laughs> BB ITMs. I don't want a summer fling. I want love. And Recky is complaining about him. When you don't talk to me all day, my guard goes up. So she's loading these walls. At least try. And uh, Mercedes says... You know, he's scared. He dove deep with Kat. They're kind of trying to, like, cover for him a little bit. And uh, Rekia says she's tired of asking people to hang out with her. Oh, my God. This is crushing. I know. Um, We cut back to the date. They are at Coco Tantrica Tantric Kitchen. And this lady comes out and leads them through a series of escalating... Chemistry plays, and she was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This unnamed spirit guide in the art of tantric cooking was also my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Did you notice that in this series of things they have to do, there's a moment where they literally compliment each other's gaze play? Wait. They're looking into each other's eyes, drinking the champagne, and they fucking literally talk about each other's eyes. Oh, Sit and drink, champ. Connect with eyes. <laughs> yeah. And the lady says, I feel soul connections. Close them. It's unreal. The amount of gaze play. I'm telling you, that Grazia Day shit, when Charity Lawson was on that stage in that group date, and she said, the way he looks at me and all the other fucking crowns that were up there, was it Caitlin Bristow was up there? There were some other crowns on that stage with her or like players mm. from her season or something. And they all agreed, like, oh, my God, his eyes are crazy. Now we're seeing it in every fucking season. It's in Golden Bachelor. It's also all over Paradise. All all these people are doing are gays playing, and they're showing it all the time. We got to update the book. I know. Gays play is a new thing. We're in the gays era. We got to. We are. (laughs) (laughs) They eat oysters. (laughs) We see this same Borat voice, our era from last week. Clip. The same clip. Very exciting. I know. You got to get rid of that. I don't think it was the same clip. I think it was just uh, him doing it again. Him saying it again? Yeah. It felt like that to me. Oh, no. Really? I didn't check. I think so. We see Becca tells him he's Prince Charming, looks like Johnny Depp, and he loves it. And he ITMs, I thought I had the best first date of my life last night, but this one blew it out of the water. And they make out, and we get this Rachel Recky, a sad girl, edit and 
Just wandering the surf alone at night. Oh, now producers make you do that, but still, oh, when they make you do that, it's like, don't do it. Just be like, nah, I'm going to go to bed. Bye. Yeah. Don't do it. Mm. Just don't do it. Never walk the surf alone at night. Just don't do it. It'll make you look sad and lonely. Never going to be used for anything good. You got to just never leave another person. Never be alone. (laughs) Yeah. She gets in this final ITM where, uh, uh, she says, I let my guard down for the first time. Why would you put me through that? I feel dumb. Portion 8 begins. Night. Cat ITM's interest in John Henry, and she does not care about Olivia. Straight villain edit. Her plan is to stir the pot a little and then run off in a corner and make out with John Henry. That's the clip they keep replaying. I literally don't care. I was like, what the fuck? Her plan is to like get everybody in a fight and then like pull him away and <laughs> let's go in the fucking trees. I mean, she's talking sinister shit. I don't know what I don't know what the plan is here. <laughs> I don't know if she has one. Uh, John Henry tells Tanner that he feels weird about Kat. She's not usually friendly. This is the first time he has seen that side of her. So basically, she's giving me the cold shoulder the whole time I'm here. But now, yeah. <laughs> now that she has no guy, John Henry ITM's being in a pickle. He likes Olivia. But now there's Kat showing interest, and he is interested in her, too. Olivia then ITMs that she isn't John Henry, but narcissistic Kat is pursuing him hard. I'm really, She's like, I'm really into John Henry, but Kat is pursuing him hard. She's so narcissistic. Disrespectful ho. And Kat literally, we cut to Kat saying, this is the worst I'll ever look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has this line about profusely vomiting all over the place. And Kat, then we see, is chatting up John Henry at the bar. Olivia walks over to block her. John Henry literally turns his back on Olivia as he's telling Kat that he's really into camping. And she's like, I've never camped in my life. And John Henry's like, if I have a boy, I want to... Right before this, when Olivia comes over, she does this ITM and she does, you know, you know, you might know of an eye roll, right? You like both Mm. eyes look up. She has a one eye roll, one eye is closed grimace as she does this impression of Kat. Oh, wow. And it was my face play of the game. That's beautiful. It is. Frames it with those fingers, too. That's great. It is. Amazing. Um, And Kat had a really good eye roll earlier, but this... This was great. When your eyes are different, it's the best way for eyes to be, as we know. That is true. Uh, Asymmetry is what Tanner's looking for in eye play. But we see here John Henry telling Olivia, or sorry, telling Kat how much he's into like camping in the real way. And she's like, fuck that. And then John Henry says, if he has a boy as a child, he wants him to race motocross. (laughs) Kat thinks that's cool, but doesn't actually. Olivia then ITMs that she's rose hunting. Your character is hot garbage, she says. You're setting, uh, you're sitting at a four out of ten right now, Mm-mm. and that's below half. We see one on one time with Cat and John Henry. She says she has liked talking to him. He's easy to talk to. He gives no response. He just remains silent when she says this, negating everything she's saying. Yeah, easy to talk to. <laughs> no words to jump in on. <laughs> uh, Olivia talks to some other players about how Cat hasn't talked to her at all about any of this. And then Sam ITMs a colorful narrator about the ensuing fight for John Henry, even though John Henry has a hamster wheel for a brain. Then we see one-on-one time with Kat and John Henry. Justice for John Henry. I know. I feel so bad for him. He didn't ask for this. Someone calls him a handsome idiot. Yes. 
Uh, Kat tells him that she is attracted to someone who wants to have fun and get weird sometimes. And he's like, well, I like getting weird. Um, another certified weirdo. Olivia goes to then interrupt their conversation and steal John Henry from Kat. Kat ITMs that she still wants to kiss John Henry, but I loved this fucking move from Kat. And uh, we get our one-on-one time with Olivia and John Henry here. Wait, you wait, which move? Stealing John Henry from Kat. Oh, Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Henry says he's getting an idea of who Kat is. And this conversation, by the way, is happening one foot away from Kat. They are literally at the next little thing over. <laughs> John Henry goes, you're my number one, but I owe it to myself to get to know everyone here. Does it make you feel weird that I talked to Kat? Olivia's like, not at all. Uh, she's throwing herself at you because she doesn't have a rose. She's saying all this out loud to him. She just misses him, she says, because she hasn't talked to him all day. She says she doesn't want him to explore other things, but she's not going to interrupt his exploration out of respect to him, even though she gets nervous. He says, that's cute. He likes that she feels that way. He's Aww. into it. She says she cares about him. Love level one. Awesome. And he asked her if she has lip plumper on because he wants to kiss her. And she pulls him into that kiss. And this kiss was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It's happening one foot from Cat. This is Olivia exerting her fucking dominance and saying, if you want to play my game, I will play back. And here is how I will do that. I'm going to make you look like a fucking fool one foot from your face. Olivia is a high-level player who is taking... Cat was somebody who was a, a front-runner for a minute during 27. I assumed she was going to get engaged I did too. this season. Olivia's dominating her in this scenario, I think. Olivia making out with John Henry right in front of Cat was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. Sometimes we're so in sync. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of uh, joint awards. It was, I mean, incredible. I know. Incredible. I couldn't believe it was happening. I loved it. And uh, <laughs> I did too. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful rivalry <laughs> that I'm enjoying. I am too. It's it's really why I'm watching the season now that Brayden has shit the bed. Portion 9 begins. <laughs> uh, night. Aaron B tells P. EP that he wants to make it official with Eliza. He wants to all eggs here. He ITM's having high confidence in what he and Eliza have, and he thinks they can be engaged after the show. Eliza tells Wells at the bar uh, that Kat told her what Charity said about Aaron B. Kylie gets in the colorful narrator here, ITMing that we uh, everything we already know about the situation, basically. Eliza tells Wells that Aaron B told her his season was smooth, but it didn't match with what Charity has supposedly said. Sam Pico then gets a call from narrator ITM all about it. We then, uh, Wells then asks Eliza if she's talked to Aaron B. She says no. Eliza ITM's feeling weird about Aaron. She doesn't give a shit about Kat. Who knows why she said it? But if it's really coming from charity, then that's a different thing. Eliza pulls Aaron B for this chat. And we get this conversation between Eliza and Aaron B where she asks him point blank what Kat told her. He gets a little ITM here saying that he wanted to all eggs Eliza. But now that this has happened and the timing is impeccable, why did Kat do that? And why did Charity do that too? 
producers, of course, have made all this happen. Aaron B. then talks about the ex he had last year and why they broke up. Uh, she's been trying to put his name out there because she thinks he broke up with her to go on the show. It was never official. He's giving this this crazy timeline of two different girlfriends and very confusing. Trying to hammer in the this month or that month. He should have at least given fake names so we could follow or numbered them. This would have been my error of the game had Braden not completely fucked everything up. Yeah. But in a situation like this, you simply have to say, look, I'm sure you've gotten crazy DMs too, right? You go on this show and it's like people come out of the woodwork. This was somebody that, yes, I dated, but it ended way before I went on Bachelor. And uh, I mean, that's the truth of it. And you leave it right there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just got chills. Thank you. Strong. Um, Eliza ITM's being confused by his addition and the two girlfriends and the <laughs> the weird timeline. <laughs> yeah, he, she thought it was one and then there's something yeah. two. I mean, he's just digging the hole deeper and sideways and fucking covering himself with dirt as he continues to dig. But um, we see then... Uh, she says she wishes Charity were here and we get Thunder and then Charity. Yeah. This just like draws attention to the fact that it's like scripted. 100% produced. 100%. And it, it takes away the drama from it. I don't care about any of this because I know it's all fake. Charity walks down the stairs. DLP pretends to be surprised. Charity, what are you doing? I just stand by the gate to hell. I just stand yeah. <laughs> here and wait for people to come out of the jungle at any time. I, I have to stand here for the full two weeks. I sleep in that little uh, crevice over there. This is absurd. This threshold is where I recharge my empathy. Yeah. Charity then tells DLP that she has to give her girlfriends insight into her ex-boyfriends. DLP asks her how she feels about Aaron B. And she says, they left on good terms, but there are some things that have come out about him. And Aaron B. then on the beach is talking to Tanner about the situation with Kat. Eliza then at the bar tells Jess about the situation. Everybody's talking about it. Charity tells DLP that uh, Aaron's ex told Charity he's for the wrong reasons. And she might tell some of the women about this if they ask her. I wrote, I thought SAG was on strike. This is some high-level acting <laughs> from Charity Lawson here. This is essentially scripted. Uh, and she she has been doing run-throughs with producers the whole morning to get this one right. And she does. She pulls it off here. Yeah, but she's so charming that she pulls it off. She goes down. Everyone's so excited. Eliza, ITM, she's glowing. And Aaron B goes, I knew it. Charity pulls the girls. Tanner goes, boys, you want to go to the bar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He, he's doubled his uh, his record. Cat, we see. <laughs> oh God! This this was a beautiful little moment where we check back in on that rivalry between Cat and Olivia. I fucking love this play by Olivia. Cat is like telling Charity, her best friend. Oh my God, John Henry! I'm so attracted to him. I love I love John Henry. He lived a lot of seasons of life. Is the way she describes it. <laughs> <laughs> like what she essentially is trying to claim him to charity yeah and then olivia's like fuck that you're not getting away with this and she goes well john henry told me i'm his number one we had the spa date we rubbed massage oil on each other and connected on another another level i mean it's just utter dominance she's not letting cat get a breath in this fight that cat has initiated it's a full on she's like oh you're trying to blow me up with charity no yeah it's such a good fucking uh, you know, best defense is a good offense. She's just guns blazing. Any move you make, I'll fucking blow it out of the water. It's so good. 
And Kat doesn't seem to be coming for Olivia in response. And I guess a lot of what Olivia is doing is in the ITMs, but... What can she say? PP says he talked to Charity more than the entire time he was on her season. And it ended the worst for Aaron B. And Aaron B. talks about this disgruntled ex. Eliza pulls Charity. And Eliza, I've heard the most amazing things about you. We see them talking. You know, if I may, if I may, there's also something I had this note that I was just going back over where PP's ITMing that Aaron B and Eliza were Paradise's strongest couple. And now they're like on the rocks. It's mm-hmm. like, why are the producers doing this? They had this strong couple. They should foster that so that we have a hero couple. Instead, they're trying to fucking rip them apart. It makes no sense to me. They're trying to have like a reason to involve charity in the drama. Yeah. I, I don't know. Any of the couples that that we have liked so far, if a couple like gets together, they fade to the background. They don't do a good job of promoting them. Yeah, Brayden and Rekia. Why did they even ha- let him go on the date? They should have kept them together. Yeah. <laughs> or um, Avon and Kylie. They've all exed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, show us that. I want to see who they are so that I can be happy when they're married or when they get engaged. Yeah, we haven't even seen them together except for like, 10 seconds. It's been multiple episodes without what is now your A couple even in the show. It's just, it's not done correctly. I'm sorry. It's a little bit of the love is blind thing of just like, yes, you need that 4TRR couple that you're like rooting for. Absolutely. And I did think like Aaron B and Eliza would get engaged and maybe they still will, but um, you're tarnishing it. We see the guys are doing shots. We see Aaron B pull cat and he's like, why didn't you say this stuff to me? And she's like, well, you know, it's important. She might have to deal with it on the outside. I'm not here to stir up drama. And Aaron B ITMs these rumors might ruin my life. I'm for TRR. He precogs charity. How are you so keen to destroy my life? Cliffhanger. Next week, Aaron is, I don't know what this means. I, I wrote this word, clandered. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> C-L-A-N-D-E-R-E-D, clandered. What could that possibly be? I'm guessing that's charity. Aaron is clandered, it says. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Slandered? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Um, Because there's 4TWR dating before he left. We see charity saying Eliza's unsure. We see Blake Moines is going to return. And and we fucking see, I don't even want to say it, but we see something here in the promo that I'm like, okay, well, I guess they make out. What was it? I'm saying it right now. Skip ahead 10 seconds. John Henry and Kat making out. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They just show it. There you go. Uh, we see Jess sobbing. Olivia and Kat are fighting for John Henry. That's where you see the makeout. Everybody's shocked then by something at the rose ceremony. What do you think that is? Truth box? I think it's a producer rose. I think it's a producer rose. For who? I don't know. Maybe Rekia. You think they would do that again? If, if Braden gives his rose to Becca, maybe Rekia. Okay. I think it might be a sand entrance at the rose ceremony to save someone. Oh, that could be. Yeah, that could be too. Uh, nonetheless, we I then get this tag. I hope they don't do that again. Oh my God, but they could. 
I hope they do. I want Big Polly to give Rachel Recchio a rose, and I want her to throw it back in his face and say, fuck you, fuck this show. I'm out of here. We then see in the tag, uh, Charity gets harassed by a big bug, and this big cockroach cricket bug was my... <laughs> creature of the week. This cockroach and beetle combined was also my... <laughs> Creature of the week. Charity was so fucking funny in this. Yeah. I miss her. And this bug too was like, that's a bachelorette. That's the best bachelorette we've had in a long time. She's doing an ITM right now. I'm going to go ahead and take front stage. It's a very smart bug. Very great play by this bug. Um, Mm -hmm. But that wraps it up. That's Golden Bachelor Hometowns and BIP Season 9 Episode 6, I believe. Episode 6. Who was your MVP? For her rivalry play coming out on the right side of history in terms of the third audience, Olivia was my M M M M V P. Love her colorful narration. I hope she wins this battle for the 4TRR relationship and stays till the end. Yes, me too. Olivia was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I think the season she has turned in is going to make her a highly coveted partnership in the next season of Bachelor in Paradise. I think she has proven here that she is made for the game of Paradise and mm-hmm. they are definitely going to ask her back. You don't think she uh, ends up with anyone? Are you fucking kidding me? If she does, it ends two months after the season ends. So she's ready to go. She's ready to go to stage coach and Coachella. I mean, she got my face play of the game. She got my play of the game. Yeah. She did it all. She's one of the best Paradise players I think we've ever seen, at least in this era, you know? Yeah. Post, like, when you had stacked beaches of, like, Christina Schulman, Aya Kennedy, fucking Kayla Miller-Keys, you know, fucking Nick Vial. Let's give the the man some credit. Uh, Baylock High. Remember those good old days? Mm. R.I.P. Anyways... That wraps up our breakdown. Thank you so much for joining us again. Remember, we got those 2023 gore ornaments that uh, are across all of our social media. You can find the links and stuff at gameofrose.co. And um, you get 10% off if you are in the Patreon. So check that out as well. It's a good opportunity. If you want to get that ornament, you can check out the Patreon and get $10 off. It basically pays for your first month of Patreon. And then you can always remember when you join the Patreon because it's you'll have your ornament. That's true. Uh, but thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,894 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. 
Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then